1505, while studying law, Martin Luther decided to take a break and visit his family at home. On his way, he was caught in a violent thunderstorm. Out of fear, he cried out, Help me, Saint Anne, and I will become a monk. He survived and became an Augustinian monk. While it was Saint Anne he prayed to, Luther was really asking her, the patron saint of minors, to speak to God on his behalf for deliverance. He wanted an answer, and he was looking for it now. A sign that God had his back and was for him. Have you ever done that? Prayed for deliverance, but even more, prayed for a clear sign from God. Greetings from First Covenant Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm Pastor Evan, and this is Behind the Text, a podcast that covers the details, points, or Bible nerd stuff we just couldn't pack into last Sunday's sermon. In Genesis 24:12 and following, the senior servant of the patriarch Abraham asked for a sign. He prayed, quote, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham, unquote. The servant specifically asked that, as he was looking for a wife for Isaac, Abraham's son, that he would find her at the watering well. Specifically, he asked that the right woman would offer him a drink. Oh, and also offer his ten camels a drink. That's a lot of water. His words to God were a form of prayer called an oracle. In an oracle, a person is looking for a word or a specific pronouncement from God. So the servant doesn't just pray that the right wife for Isaac would start a conversation or a specific piece of jewelry, but that she would exhibit some radical hospitality to a stranger. Our servant had sworn an oath to Abraham and was intent on seeing this through. If you want to follow along well, I recommend you pause this podcast and read Genesis 24, 1-67 first. It's long, but I'll wait for you. The servant is asked to put his hand under Abraham's thigh for this oath. Under the thigh could mean literally under the thigh as if Abraham was sitting on the servant's hand, or it could mean between the thighs, more specifically under the part of Abraham that holds the seed. That would make sense as this oath concerned the future of Abraham's family line. It could also refer to being close to an important sign of the covenant on Abraham, that which was circumcised, but you get the point. No matter how you sort this out, it was an important, intimate, and symbolic way to take an oath. Abraham gave the servant a promise and a job. Now, the servant began to look for signs. So that we are clear, a sign, unlike a symbol, points beyond itself to something. The servant was looking for some way to determine if he was on the right path. As a for instance here, if you drive down the highway and see a sign for Albuquerque, you don't stop at the sign and say, I've arrived. You keep driving to the destination. That was what the servant was looking for. As he arrived at his destination, the servant, and presumably others, see Genesis 24:59, have the camels kneel at the well for a drink. Our travelers had been traversing the desert, so they would have been thirsty. We're not told of the thirst level of the camels, but presumably it was watering time for them as well. Now it was time to see if the oracle prayer would be effective. The servant prayed that God would give a sign that the woman who would become the wife of Isaac would show up at the well and not just offer him a drink, but all ten camels as well. That was a tall order. The text tells us that it was evening when the camels knelt at the well. 
the time when women came out to retrieve water. Maybe that wasn't such a big ask then. Maybe it was the case that the majority of marriageable women would already be coming to the well at this time. Maybe the servant was right to ask this of God. Maybe this was simply an oracle of convenience. Pray for low-hanging fruit and watch God show up and answer. But that would not explain the camels. In recent scholarship, there has been some doubt cast on the idea that Abraham would have owned camels. Had camels been domesticated in Canaan or northwestern Mesopotamia at this time? That's the question being asked. You can see the show notes for a simple article on the matter, but I'm inclined to trust that what the Bible is reporting here is accurate. There is no incentive for the author of Genesis to lie or make things up, especially when so many other features of the story are of verifiable places and time-appropriate details. Many times, the trustworthy details of the Bible help us figure out the contested details of the Bible. Back to camels, though. The animals in question were likely dromedary, one-hump camels. We know there were ten of them, and they appeared to be thirsty. The servant wanted to drink as well. Now, let's do a little calculation, get out calculators here, so we can measure the hospitality of Rebecca, who offered the drink. An adult male in our time requires about one gallon of water per day to stay hydrated. In Rebecca's day, the adult male required the same. We're not really that much different. A large clay pot from this time would have held about three gallons of water maximum, so one man taking a drink in the desert from one clay pot would have been a simple proposition. Glug glug, done. Ten camels, however. The average camel, we're still talking dromedaries here, could consume around 25 gallons of water in 13 minutes, or one visit to the water trough. Let's say we had 10 fully famished dromedaries in need of the full 25. Take 25 times 10 camels and we have 250 gallons of water. Divide that by 3 for the size of the clay jar, carry the 1, and you get 83 and a third trips from well to trough. Even if we assume that the camels just needed to be topped off at a quarter of that, now we're talking only 20 jars, that's a lot of water. If camels were even a semi-familiar sight to this area, Rebecca would have known what she was getting into here. Either she made a lot of trips to the well or received some help from other women, but in any case, she volunteered to be that hospitable. Good for her. Now, we have ten well-watered camels. Pause for laughter. Get it? They were watered from a well and they were well-watered? That's funny. Well-watered camels was the first sign that the servant needed from the Lord. After the initial sign was received, he offered something of a sign that he was thankful. He gave Rebecca a nose ring weighing a becca and two bracelets weighing ten shekels. A becca was about half a shekel in weight, and nose rings were popular for women at this time. An average laborer could expect to earn something like four shekels per year in wages, give or take. Clearly, some wealth was being shown here. Ten camels traveled from far south to northwestern Mesopotamia, and then articles worth approximately two years' average wages were given to Rebecca for her hospitality. Serious signals of intent. No one would pay for hospitality at this time, though, even lavish hospitality. Clearly, these gifts were assigned to the family that the servant had more of a conversation in mind, a proposition that included Rebecca. It is likely that it was no mystery to them what this conversation would be about. 
a traveler from a strange land with much wealth to show coming from kin down south and handing out gifts. The signs were everywhere. There was a proposal in the works. I'll let you read the rest of the story for yourself, unless, of course, you paused and read it before. Air 5 if you did. Now, while it is true that these details revealed God at work to fulfill the covenant promise he made to Abraham, did you know that the hospitality of these ten camels impacts you? God's covenant was fulfilled through the family line of Abraham through Jesus. You can read Romans 4 and see the faith of Abraham and how the covenant established all of this. But I want to leave you with good words from the book of John, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. While we may desire a sign in daily life for the small stuff, it turns out God has already signaled our destiny through Jesus. We were created by God through Jesus. We are reconciled back to God through Jesus. Rebecca's radical hospitality was a part of God's work for salvation for you. You can pray for a sign. Indeed, pray away. But God has already given a very specific answer to the fact that he loves you, desires that you be made right, and put in right relationship with him today. You can pray for a sign, but may I encourage you to do two things. Receive that salvation through Jesus Christ. And be radically hospitable to God today through your actions and attitudes. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, could you do me a favor and share this episode? It will only take a few clicks for you to bless a friend. If you are in Lincoln this Sunday, join us for worship at 10.30 a.m. or find us online at firstcovenantlincoln.org. And if you want to support us, you can donate while you're there. Thanks for listening.